In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, a very happy Wednesday morning, or whatever time or day you happen to be listening. You're listening to St. Mark and Bemidji's podcast, a humble audio offering made with you in mind to help keep you in the Word of God. Staying in God's Word, and why we want to do it, is the thought I have for you today, and really all the time. As always, don't take my word for it. I'm a miserable sinner just like you. My words, thoughts, and actions are contrary to the will of God, except where the Spirit has helped me along. So, listen to God's Word, straight from the Bible. Deuteronomy 6 These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Psalm 1 Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. Matthew 6 Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal? But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what does this all mean? We should think on God's word always, no matter what we're doing. And we are on the right path if we put God's word into action in our lives. And our reward for our faith in Jesus which is where God's law and gospel all point to, is not as prosperity in the physical sense, but rather a reward of eternal life in heaven with our Creator. Today, we hear from our sister church, and Pastor Allard will present his meditation on 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4-9. through 9. The Word of God before us today comes 1 Corinthians chapter 1, reading verses 4-9. through 9. We read, I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him, you have been enriched in every way. In all your speaking and all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not like any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless. On the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. So far the word. Have you ever noticed? I I think, I think, from what I've observed over the years, that people put more emphasis on sincerity as a virtue than uncertainty. Someone might say, as long as a person is sincere, then then everything's all right. That's what really matters. And and to me, I kind of follow that. If somebody asks me a sincere question, I, I respect it. It's a real question. But that kind of thing can lead to, well, let me highlight it this way. This was a few years back now, but this was in New York State, okay? 
hospital there. And there was a patient that was given carbon dioxide instead of oxygen. When they were getting ready for the surgical procedure, they were given carbon dioxide. They almost immediately died. Just within, it didn't take long, they died. And an investigation, of course, was launched, and it revealed that even before that tank got to the hospital, it had been mislabeled. So that's what happened. And you could say the, the administrator of the hospital, to the surgeon, him or herself, the, and the staff, they were sincere. They all wanted best outcomes for their patients. They don't want their patients dying, just in the most cynical or cold-hearted of ways that would look bad for your business. And of course, there are people who go beyond that, who actually want their patients to do well. They were all very sincere in the care they wished to provide for their patient. But the patient is dead. Now, I want to tread very carefully here. Everybody makes mistakes. It's just in our, I'm going to say this, our easier jobs, because it doesn't deal as much with life and limb. When we make mistakes, we cost the company money. When people in the medical field make mistakes, people can die. We're human. We all make mistakes. But the main point, sincerity is not enough. For sincerity to mean anything at all, it has to be anchored to... Is this revolutionary for me to say this? For sincerity to mean anything, it has to be anchored to truth. And oh my goodness, God help us in our current culture in America. Other countries in the world are saying, please do not export what your culture is doing for the last two, three years. They're pushing back. And it's like, thank God, let other cultures push back on this, what's going on in our culture. In our culture today, where sincerity almost means the only thing, let us, let God grace us all with certainty that comes from truth. This is a good reminder then for all of us on this Confirmation Sunday, as we give thought to the vow that our, our confirmand will make soon enough, let's give thought to all the vows that we made in our, our own respective Confirmation Sundays. And we, of course, hope that everybody who makes a vow on a Confirmation Sunday, that we all do it with sincerity of heart, that it comes from the heart. But sincerity, here it is, here it is again. Sincerity is not enough. Whom you vow to is more. So as we look at this, our confirmand, she and we, as we think about our, ourselves, the promises we make, the vow we make on such a day, what we are really doing is making a promise to God's promise to be faithful to us. As you chew on that odd statement today, also chew on this. Our theme for today is God, in fact, wrote the book on faithfulness. He wrote the book. So empowered and clothed with God's power and holiness. Be empowered, however imperfectly, to also be faithful. I quote, I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. Based on that verse, allow me to say this. Every Christian is a living sermon. 
every Christian is actually a reminder of how grateful we can be for God's faithfulness. As we look at other people living and becoming different and changed by the love of God, we look at that and we become grateful. That's a reminder of God's faithfulness to us. Grace is a love that says not just something about the people being loved, it also says something about the one doing the loving. And as we learned in Sunday school, confirmation class, and from this very pulpit, grace is what? If you have to give it the most basic definition, grace is the undeserved love of God. Now, I want you to think about this. Even the loves that we see in this world, the highest love, and I might posit that the highest love is that husband-wife kind of love. Even the husband-wife kind of love. We don't see this. Does a human being ever marry another human being? Does a woman ever marry a man, or vice versa, thinking they're not, not going to get any benefit from that other person? And they're okay with that. Now, I'm not going to push that question because it's kind of an uncomfortable question to ask. And it gets to something very basic about how we humans operate. And how one of a kind God's love is. Because it has nothing at all to do with the recipient when God loves somebody. It has nothing to do. And it's nothing to do with what is, what is God going to get out of it as he sits on his throne in heaven. What do I get out of this when I save these people? It's nothing to do with that. Instead, God's grace says everything about God. And who is God? Last time I checked, 1 John 4.16 says God is love. And if we then deserved God's love, if you wanted to reverse that, if we deserved the grace of God, then we wouldn't need any saving. We wouldn't need a savior. We would need a creator to bring us into existence, but not a savior. Not a Jesus who became human as God. So every time we hear about the word grace, we can confess, that's right, I was disgraceful. And I needed to be graced with the holiness of God. I mean, after all, what does God write through Paul? I quote, it is God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. God says, and he can play the God card here. This is one of those moments. I did that. God did that. So we can't take credit for the love that God has graced us with. In fact, I would say, from what scripture says, if we had been left to ourselves, every one of us could only choose to hate God or to be indifferent to God. And God says indifference and hate is actually the same thing. It was God who came. And he came after us. God pursued us. And when he finally caught up to us, we wanted nothing to do with him. That was our natural state. It was God who called us into fellowship with, of all people, his son. Now, our confirmands, including our current one, our confirmands study that word fellowship. We go through that a lot for good reason, right? Fellowship is a teaching that talks about why do we have boundaries. I like to talk about, as a nation, do boundaries and borders matter at all? Do property lines matter? Do you care if your neighbor builds on your property line? That's where fellowship becomes a really important issue, right? 
And we talk about that. And how the love of God is caught up in that concept of fellowship. But it's a word, you could also say it means communion. It is the highest, most intimate relationship you can have when God uses the word fellowship. And when we sinners thought that that happiness had nothing to do with God and actually meant ignoring God in his word, what does God do? He came to us there for many of us, not always. Sometimes he came to us in a Bible information class. Sometimes he came to us maybe when we were reading the Bible on our own and no other human being was involved. And we went, I understand how God's love is one of a kind. I get it. And whether there or elsewhere, the word of God came to us through baptism and the word itself, and it comes from teaching us this. I would summarize it this way, and our sinful nature will always get uncomfortable when I say it this way. When we are brought into fellowship with God, we begin to love what God loves and hate what God hates. That's the whole counsel of God. And then we begin to trust in this thing called grace. And then we realize at baptism, it was actually not me. It was God who made a promise. God made a promise. To, to stay, to remain, and keep on being faithful in his grace that he started at our baptism. And to keep doing it and loving us undeserving sinners because of his deserving Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Did you realize when I just read this, and it's hard to do this when you hear it once, but in our lesson, every single verse has a reference to Jesus. In fact, I would just highlight it. It says here, I always thank God for you. Because of his grace given you in Christ, next verse, I'm just going to skip around, for in him, that's Jesus, verse 6, our testimony about Christ, verse 7, you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 8, two more verses, the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, last verse, into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ. Okay, Paul, we get it, enough. But God's grace towards sinners is always connected to Jesus. It is not, his love is not given to us in connection with our sin. Now, when you hear a statement like that, you say, yeah, of course it's not connected to our sin. Duh. Obvious point, pastor. But God never said that he so loved the world, or he could say it from first person, I so love the world that I'm going to ignore its sin. He loves us in Christ. He loves you because his son took the beating for our sin. Paul says it, Colossians chapter 1, verse 22. God has reconciled you, brought two warring parties together. That's what that means. Reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you. Hold in his sight. Without blemish and free from accusation. When you hear the words before the face of God himself, no accusation, I hope that brings you joy. But God's grace, it does not just make us feel good. It does that sometimes. And those feelings are wonderful when connected to the promises of God. But it does something far more important. It enriches us. That's what our lesson says. 
Paul says in our text, for in Jesus, you have been enriched in every way, in all of your speaking and in all of your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. But I would say, when do we ever use that word enriched? What, with like a loaf of bread, maybe? Right? Fortified? <laughs> so what does this mean? Because I'm not going to say, typically say, hello, fellow enriched Christians. Hello, enriched human beings. It doesn't sound right. So what do we mean when we say that God has enriched us? Well, God has taken the holiness of his son, Jesus Christ, and that holiness was put in you. And now that holiness is working its way throughout the whole loaf, which is you. So we have a Savior then, who takes the pieces of our broken vows and takes the shards of our broken promises and he gives us a broken body in exchange. One of a kind, love, grace. So then, you have the reason to keep on trying to be faithful to your vows. But it's going to be imperfect, yeah. Jesus knows that, and yet he still died on a cross. You have the reason. We have a motive to move our minds and our bodies ever closer to his will. Let's. Our faith in our future then is not founded on sincerity. Thank God. It is not. It is founded on certainty. Certainty anchored to the truth of God's faith to us. So humbly, happily, happily take the word of God. Not just seriously, take it with joy and expand your knowledge of God's word. Expand it. Keep reading. Keep hearing it, and the gift of certainty and faithfulness to God will follow. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday School, and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011 and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. God's own child, I gladly 
am baptized into Christ. He, because I could not pay it, gave my full redemption price. Do I need of treasures many? I have one worth more than any. That brought me salvation free. Lasting to eternity.